Hey, welcome to the podcast of C3 Los Angeles. I'm Jake Sweetman, and together with my wife, Nicole, we lead this church. We're glad you're here, and we pray that wherever you're tuning in from, that you are encouraged and strengthened by this word. Here's today's message. So we're in the series right now, like Pastor Michael was saying, called A Field Guide to Spiritual Gifts. Uh, and we're going through all of the gifts in the New Testament, or at least um, as many of them as we can, I think in the next, I don't know, four or five weeks or so is when this series concludes. Uh, today, my wife is over in the South Bay, and she's preaching on a spiritual gift called the discernment of spirits, just in time for October. It's, it's so perfect. <laughs> and uh, she, she's actually going to be here next Sunday teaching you guys uh, on that remarkable gift of the spirit. So excited for you to hear that message. In the meantime, you get me, um, and I'm the second best in our family. She's, she's way prettier and better. Um, but today I'm, I'm talking about uh, gifts that are really, really powerful um, called words of wisdom and words of knowledge. And uh, those two things that I gave just then would be an example of a word of knowledge. Um, but they can get cooler than that. It's honestly a, a, a gift that I'm just playing around in the, the shallows in right now, trying to grow in my confidence in that, which difficult you know, enough, the only way to do is to fail. Um, <laughs> And uh, to publicly fail, because you can't give a word of knowledge by yourself. You have to give it to somebody. Um, but I want, would love a culture in our church. Uh, you know, on Sundays, we'd love, you know, all of the gifts to be kind of the mature expression of, of the gift. We don't, this is not kind of our training ground, necessarily, at least not from the stage. Um, but in our neighborhood groups, in our, in our home groups, things like that, we would love to be growing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, so far, we've talked about faith, healing, and miracles. I think that's it. That's as far as we've gotten. So we're not doing very good. Um, we're, we've got to catch up. Uh, but as we're learning about these gifts, uh, part of the aim is that you would get a sense for, I think God has gifted me that way. You're not going to have all the gifts. If you get to the end of the series, like, I've got all 19 of them. Um, first of all, I'll resign, and you can come and... You're probably going to have a couple, you know, a handful. Um, and that's not to say that what you have right now is what you'll always have. You can ask God. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So I believe that you can continue to seek God for gifts of the Spirit. As you're learning about them, maybe they spark your interest and it's something you can go to God with. But we would love to see the gifts active in our church. We feel, and by we, I mean certainly I, but I think you guys are with me, that uh, we are stewarding a, a move of the Spirit right now. Uh, in the sense that we want something to get birthed in and through our church for the region of Southern California. Um, I really am praying and believing that a great move of God would touch this region in the name of Jesus, that impossible things would begin to happen. People that are so lost and so far from God would, would find themselves at the altar in churches, tears running down their eyes, on their knees, just crying out to God with gratitude for saving them. We're believing for miraculous moves of the Spirit and people getting healed of all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. God has done it before. God will do it again. I really believe that. But it is going to take a church who is willing to step out of their comfort zones, like we talked about last week, the river of Ezekiel in chapter 47, going from ankle, knee, waist deep into in over our heads. The unfortunate thing about that is that the only way to get in over your head is to get in over your head. You, you, you've got to get out of, you know, kind of the me territory and get into the God territory and say, okay, God, I want to be used by you. Now, that doesn't mean that you need to put your entire life on hold and say, my job doesn't matter 
matter. My career doesn't matter. My passions don't matter. No, it means taking those things and going, God, I want you to use all of this for your glory. I want all of my life to be infused with your will and what you want to do. God has a plan for your job. I know you have a plan for your job, but God's got a better plan for your job. And he wants to get all up in that domain of your life so that the kingdom of God can come through your world. Spiritual gifts are a huge part of that. First Corinthians chapter 4, uh, sorry, chapter 12, verses 4 to 8, the apostle Paul says this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities. That word activity sounds like kind of basic. Um, the word in the Greek is energizings, empowerments. It's like a supernatural thing. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers, same word there, same God who energizes them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That is, we all have gifts for us to look awesome. Nope. We all have gifts so that we can be really popular. We all have gifts of the Spirit so that we can finally all have thousands of followers on Instagram. Duh. No, no, no. We all have spiritual gifts. Why? For the common good. Who's the common good right there? The common good is the church. So you have a gift of the Holy Spirit that is for the common good of this people that you're sitting around right now. Uh, Peter talks about being good stewards of our gifts. Talking about spiritual gifts. When we know our gift or... or um, when we know our gift and refuse to use it for the common good, or we refuse to learn our gifts and therefore can't use them for the common good, then what happens is that we're bad stewards of our gifts. Chapter 20 talks all about it. Honestly, chapter 20 is, is all about that. So, <laughs> Sam Storm says that... Um, Spiritual gifts are God's way of going public among his people. They are the public manifestation of the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 says that the kingdom of God consists not in talk, not that talking itself is bad, but he's talking about self-promotion. Not in, not in that, but in power. The kingdom of God consists in power. Now, spiritual gifts are the manifestation of the power of God, which means that if the kingdom of God exists in God's power and spiritual gifts are a manifestation of that power, then spiritual gifts are a manifestation of the kingdom. The way to bring the reality of the kingdom to bear in people's lives is by understanding the gifts that God has given you and having the boldness to step out to begin using them. So for today's gifts, words of wisdom and words of knowledge, um, obviously God has all of the wisdom about your life. God has all of the knowledge about your life. When, when the Spirit reveals that wisdom or knowledge to somebody for your sake, or when he reveals it to you for somebody else's sake, we would call that the manifestation of one of these gifts, a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. I have so little time and so many notes here, so I'm going to skip over a bunch of stuff. Maybe I'll say it all in the 1130. Probably not. Um, <laughs> Let me say this, um, as we dive into these gifts, and the reason I want to kind of move quickly through this message is I want to set aside a bit more time for prayer at the end of the meeting. Um, if, as we're teaching on this today, if, if you don't think you're gifted by the Spirit in either of these ways, I don't want you to be discouraged. As I was saying a moment ago, you can seek God for any one of the spiritual gifts, and I would highly encourage you uh, to do exactly that. Um, th these gifts are what you call occasional, so they're not permanently abiding. It's so like a gift of teaching, being able to teach 
uh, about the triune God and help people to come to know him personally. Um, that's like an abiding gift. Like if you have a gift to teach, you can pretty much always do that according to your own will. If you have a gift like, uh, like faith or maybe gifts of healings or a gift like wisdom and knowledge like today, that's kind of an occasional gift. God will give it to you on a particular occasion. And it's always God um, energizing that gift in that moment. So the reason I say that is like nobody owns this, these gifts. Like no one's in permanent possession of a word of knowledge or, or a word of wisdom. Like no one can just walk around and be like, yep, I got a word of wisdom for you, word of knowledge for you, another word of knowledge for you, and just do the whole room in like 60 seconds flat. It's, it's not how it works. God energizes the gift in, in the moment, which means that if you find yourself in a situation where wisdom is needed, what you can do, whether or not you've ever experienced this gift, is you can just pray silently, God, I need a word of wisdom right now. I need to be able to help this person. Um, or, or maybe you're, you're going to neighborhood group and you really just want to be able to speak directly into people's lives and, and have them feel so seen by God. You can ask God, God, can you give me a word of knowledge for this, this group tonight? That, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so let's, um, let's jump into uh, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Here's a simple definition of words of wisdom. It's three words. Divinely revealed counsel. Paul, Paul says back in chapter two of 1 Corinthians uh, that true wisdom because there is true wisdom and there is false wisdom. True wisdom comes to us from the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, who alone knows the thoughts of God. So as I said a moment ago, God has all of the wisdom about your life and for your life, and uh, that all lives in his thoughts, in the mind of God, and the Holy Spirit alone knows the mind of God because he's part of the Trinity. So there's, there's nothing about the Father that the Holy Spirit does not know. And the Holy Spirit is like the delivery vehicle for the body of Christ. And so if God's got, got wisdom for somebody, it's going to come to us through the Holy Spirit. And when you experience that, we would call that uh, a word of wisdom. This gift is, is a Holy Spirit-inspired solution for someone facing a practical difficulty. It might come to you through a mental picture. It might come through maybe just an impression, a strong feeling about something. Uh, maybe it comes to you just like a, a download of words just right into your mind. It's just like you know what God is saying. However it comes, it's like divinely inspired advice. So let's say you're faced with some options and the Holy Spirit inspires someone with an instruction for what you should do. Maybe you experience this gift and you are prompted to share some direction with somebody without even really being aware of what's going on in their life. But you get wisdom from God for that person that directly pertains to what they're going through. That's, that's part of what makes it so supernatural. Like if you had to sit down with somebody and hear like A to Z, everything that was going on in the world so that you could then respond to them and go, oh, I've got a great idea for you. That's going to just seem like, oh, this person's pretty smart, pretty experienced. They've got some wisdom for me. No, that's, that's not a word of wisdom. That, that's just a learned knowledge. A word of wisdom is like the supernatural deposit of God's wisdom into you or into somebody else for the sake of another person. And God has that wisdom available for people, and he wants to give it to the bride of Christ because how many know wisdom is so helpful? Anyone here ever made an unwise decision? Yeah, and we hear ever wish they had a friend that they knew had a word of wisdom gift. Yeah, me too, absolutely, right? If a word of wisdom is from God, it's always gonna be in line with the message of the cross. So it's always gonna bring the person to greater levels of trust in Jesus, humility before Christ, dependence 
upon him, and ultimately it's um, going to help the person receiving the wisdom to live more effectively for Christ. In essence, it's going to help the person to do things God's way. In 2020, uh, we were about six months into the pandemic. We were doing church online out of our South Bay location. And uh, around about that time in the pandemic, I started getting really worried about money. That was one of the the things that churches all around the world were kind of like, you know, uh, waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. And there was, you know, what's going to happen with finances? And it was around about that time that I started to watch our church's finances start to diminish quite a bit. You know, like people are either out of work or uh, several dozen people in our church abandoned California and moved. And, and in that, they, they, they take their tithe with them. And so the church's finances suffer as a result of that. And so I start getting kind of worried. I know a lot of times I'll sit up here and have a kind of a brave face. You don't know what kind of fear is hiding behind this, this beautiful face right here, okay? Sometimes I'm scared. And, and I was in one, one of those one of those moments, and uh, I remember doing the church online service, and at the end of the service, there's a guy in our church, Josh Marikin, him and his wife come to this location, wonderful people. He's got a, a pretty great word of knowledge gift, um, and he, him and his wife had just come back from like a few months in Arizona because they could work remotely and the whole deal, and this is their first Sunday back, and they had come to serve for church online, and after the service, he comes up to me, he goes, um, hey, God told me to tell you, uh, don't worry, there's going to be more than enough money. That's, that's probably partially a word of knowledge, but I, I also think it was a word of wisdom. The wisdom was don't worry. Here's how to progress doing things God's way. Stop being afraid that you're not going to have enough of a finite resource when you serve an infinite God. That was wisdom for me in that moment. And honestly, it was exactly what I needed to be. All right, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. You know, a, you know not even three months later, we're raising like half a million dollars to buy a building. So don't worry, there's going to be enough money. Come on, praise God for that. A word of wisdom is just, a, it's a knowing in your spirit about what to do. Um, we, we would say this, that a word of wisdom is instruction. It's how. A word of knowledge is information. It's, it's, it's what. But wisdom always is going to pertain to like, I've got 10 different directions I can go, and they all seem kind of okay, but then the wisdom comes and God makes it clear, no, this is the direction that we, we should go. David Campbell, who's going to be at our Holy Spirit Conference uh, next year, uh, shared this word of wisdom testimony with me. Uh, he said, I was once involved with trying to bring several groups of leaders together for a common purpose. So, um, that might not sound like a big deal right there, but if you're trying to get like 10 different type A people who are all like focused on their thing to come together for a thing, that's harder than hurting cats. Like it doesn't get worse than that. So I, he's trying to bring together leaders for a common purpose. He's thinking of a strategy of how to accomplish this and it left me in more and more confusion, he said. Suddenly it came to me that I should let another leader take a certain initiative and that this would lead to various things unfolding which would resolve the problem on its own. The next day, that leader, that same leader that I had the, the sense about, phoned and said he was going to do the very thing that I had thought of. I was ready for his call and encouraged him to go ahead, whereas before receiving the word of wisdom, I would not have known how to respond. You can receive a word of wisdom in church or anywhere else while deep in prayer or just looking out the car at the scenery. Receiving a word of wisdom does not Depend upon the level of your education, but upon your sensitive sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. 
It'll always be in line with the word of God, who is the source of wisdom. Here's another example of a word of wisdom from Acts chapter 13, verses 2 to 3. Um, this, by the way, is kind of just the best way that I know how to teach spiritual gifts is just to tell as many stories as I can because um, it just might help identify. I've, I've been through something like that. I've experienced something like that. And some of you guys, you have this gift here today. And when I'm done, we're going to call you forward. We're going to lay hands on you. Um, and we're just going to ask God to confirm that for you um, because we need your wisdom. Acts 13 verses 2 to 3 says, while they, they here are the, the leaders in the church in Antioch, uh, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, uh, Barnabas and Saul, who is Paul, for the work for which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Okay, so just picture it. The leaders of this church are praying, they're fasting, they're worshiping God. And in the midst of that context, a word from the Holy Spirit comes to them. Hey, we want, uh, we being the triune God, God doesn't talk like that. Maybe he does, I don't know. I want you to set, a, set aside a Barnabas and Saul because I've got a special calling for them. And evidently the word came to a few of them. And they, I don't know how it exactly went, but in the prayer meeting they would have said something like, hey, I feel like God is saying, and then another guy would have been like, you know, that's so funny, I feel like God is saying the exact same thing. I know sometimes we hyper-spiritualize these things where like, the, the, you know, their eyes rolled in the back of their head and they're all just like, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> that's not how it went. Right. They, they got a, a sense from God that this is what was supposed to happen for the ministry to be able to move forward. That was wisdom from God. And that wisdom from God, by the way, set Paul on the journey of the rest of his life. Because of that one word of wisdom, he went from a teacher in Antioch to becoming the, the apostle to the Gentiles. Now, I love that that happened in the context of fasting, prayer, and worship. That's one of the things that I know that God is asking us to do right now uh, as a church. Um, every Wednesday, the first Wednesday of every single month, I should say, uh, we have our one night. It's like a night of, of worship and, and ministry, and we pray for a lot of people. I feel like God is asking us to take that whole first Wednesday of the month and just set it aside and give it to him every single month. And so what, what I think we're going to do is uh, on that first Wednesday of the month, we're going to have prayer. We did these early morning prayer meetings going into Holy Spirit Conference that were so wonderful. We're going to do that on the first Wednesday of every single month. I'm just saying this in faith right now, and the team is going to say, yep, we're totally going to make it happen. <laughs> um, and then we're going to fast on Wednesdays. On the first Wednesday of the month. And then we're going to come together at night for one night and we're going to worship. And I really believe that we are stewarding a move of God. This is the beginning of works. So what we're experiencing now is, is like in seed form of what God is going to do. And so we've got to water that. And the way that we're going to water that is with dedicated time to prayer, fasting, worship, believing God that we're going to see great things happen. Um, words of wisdom are awesome. When I go on my annual prayer retreat, words of wisdom are exactly what I'm looking for. I don't necessarily need a prophetic word from God about the future. I just need to know what do I need to do next, right? And, and you also need those, those things as well. So you might have this gift if when you pray about particular people or particular situations, you have a strong sense of what should be done next. Uh, maybe you hear an internal voice or you feel a prompting to give somebody uh, some instruction, even if you're not currently aware of what's happening in their lives. And of course, God would give this gift because he cares about our well-being, I don't know if you know that, but God cares about your well-being. And he wants you to make great choices that are going to lead to his purposes coming to pass in your life. His glory, your good. 
God has wisdom for you for that exact reason. This is why it's so important that you're in a neighborhood group. I know you like to do your own little siloed Christianity thing and you think you're too cool for school and you can just do it all on your own, but you're dead wrong. You, you need to be in a neighborhood group because there are people in your group who are gifted in this area of words of wisdom and God has wisdom for you that he wants to give to you through them, but only when you put yourself in the environment can the wisdom come to you. This is why our, our youth ministry that we're just so believing in right now, C3LA Vital and, and C3 Kids, are such important um, uh, ministries in our church. One of our core convictions is that one generation will tell the next, but also the people in the same generation can tell one another. And I believe because the Holy Spirit is, is no respecter of age. Acts chapter 2 makes it clear that he fills the young and he fills the old. How wonderful would it be if one of our fourth grade kids was going through a difficult time at school, maybe they're getting bullied or they're, they're having a tough time with a peer and they don't know how to handle it and they're too scared to talk to mom and dad about it but the, here comes the Holy Spirit with a word of wisdom for one of their peers who knows exactly what to say for how they are to navigate that situation and the circumstance gets resolved. How wonderful would that be for our youth who oftentimes feel so isolated from mom and dad don't think they can go to mom and dad about certain things but we've got other youth in our church whom God has gifted in this way so they would not head down paths that are ultimately designed for their destruction, but ultimately would walk down roads of wisdom where God can bring blessing into their world. It happens through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the flesh profits nothing, only the Spirit gives life. So you and I cannot impart the life of the kingdom, we cannot impart the life of God by our own fleshly humanistic designs. The only way the life of the kingdom of God is going to flow from heaven into your world and into the world of the people that you are sitting beside is if we get in line with the Holy Spirit and say, we know that you've given these gifts to the church, now use me for their delivery. Next gift, word of knowledge. Divinely re revealed fact. Can come the same kind of way. These facts, mental picture, impression, maybe hearing the inner voice of God in you. But this is the Holy Spirit revealing some kind of knowledge to a person that otherwise could not have been known. It's uh, always going to be delivered uh, in a way that is um, helpful from a person who is humble and who's never wanting to humiliate the person that they're delivering the word to. And that's not to say that you couldn't get a word of knowledge about something that's wrong or concerning, but always in your delivery of a word, you have to be asking God, why did you give this to me? Just because God told you something doesn't mean that you have license to, to just blurt it out, you know? You, you gotta be really wise in the way that you deliver those, those words. Acts chapter 14, verses eight to 10 says, now at Lystra there was a man sitting who could not use his feet. He was crippled from birth, and had never walked. He listened to Paul speaking and Paul looking at, intently at him and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice, stand up right on your feet. And he sprang up and he began walking. So in that one little story right there, I think you have three gifts of the Spirit. Number one, you have a gift of faith. Paul saw that he evidently had faith to be healed. So that gift was given to him by the Spirit. You have a gift of healing because he gets healed. And I think you have a word of knowledge because it says that Paul saw his faith. I've been a Christian for a long time. I've never seen faith. I've seen excitement. I've seen emotionalism. I've seen hype. None of those things are bad in and of themselves. It's fine to be emotional, fine to get excited. But that's not faith. Faith is like an invisible thing. And Paul saw it. But the way that he saw it is God showed it to him. So I don't know how he saw it. I don't know if he like, I don't know if he saw the word faith above that guy's head. It's like, that guy's got faith. I don't know if he heard a voice that just said, that guy's got, somehow he saw the faith. 
He had a word of knowledge from God that that man had faith to be healed. This last weekend at conference, we saw all kinds of words of knowledge. Um, Mario Lopez, great young guy in our church, gets prayed for almost at the very end of the prophecy. Uh, it's just kind of flippantly, Mike Maiden said, um, there's been premature, premature death in your family and blood disease, that ends. And then he walked away, and that was the end of the prophetic word. I talked to him after, and he goes, uh, two uncles and one aunt in my family have both prematurely died, and both from blood-related illnesses. My grandparents also died young. I was born with a blood disease uh, that I actually got healed from when I was one years old. Two weeks ago before conference, I thought to myself, everybody who's died in my family has died prematurely and from something blood-related. I wonder if I'm going to die because of the same thing. And then two weeks later in conference, just a casual little, there's been blood-related diseases and premature death. That ends now. That's a word of knowledge. One way to kind of delineate between words of knowledge and prophecy, by the way, is that words of knowledge tend to have um, a connection to the present or the past. It's, it's God putting his finger on what is, what you have experienced. Uh, prophetic words tend to relate to the future. Oftentimes they come together. Because when you get a word of knowledge, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God sees you. There is no greater feeling in the world than knowing that God sees you, that God knows your story. And when you know that God accurately sees you and knows you, and then a prophetic word comes about your future, guess what? Now you've got faith to believe the word that's being spoken over your future. This is such a powerful ministry. It needs to be happening in the church. Um, and I don't, think we, I don't think we will see the revival that we want until these kinds of gifts are, are working in all kinds of churches across Southern California. Otherwise, we're just, uh, this is just a lecture hall. And Christians want church to be much more than a lecture hall. They want, they want to experience the living God whom they worship. And God, uh, he, he initiates his power through these, these gifts. Um, gosh, how did time, why is it already 1056? This is ridiculous. Worship band, why don't you guys come? Why, why might God give this gift? I think God gives this gift because he cares about us. I think it's as simple as that. God, God doesn't, he doesn't need to let you know that he's dialed into your life. He doesn't need to do that. The reason God does it is because he loves you. He cares about you. Some of you in this room, you're gifted in this way. You, you would semi-regularly just have like knowings about people, about their lives. Maybe it's like I, you have a knowing about um, a sickness that they're suffering from, something that they're in, enduring in that regard. Maybe it's a knowing about something that happened to them in their past. And you can see that you know, that's the reason that's kind of the foundational reason for something that they're experiencing in, in the present moment. One of the stories I was going to read you is from Jack Deere, who will be at conference next year, talking about how he's at a conference and, um, in Taiwan. And he was praying for this young woman, and she had arthritis in her hands, so that her hand was like totally like curled like that. And he was praying for her, and just silently he said, God, this woman's too young to have arthritis. Why, why, is, why is it like this? And then God just gave him a word of knowledge and the, it was two really quick things. It was um, fired and relational breakdown, something like that. And so he asked her about that. It got basically to the bottom three or four years before. Uh, she had been betrayed in a way from her job 
where she felt uh, fired from her job where she felt really betrayed and her two bosses were there at the same conference so she's like really hate them <laughs> and at the same time uh, her boyfriend had broken up with her so those two words of knowledge that Jack had gotten about what was the cause for this woman's arthritis but by the way spiritual things are often connected to physical maladies it's just a biblical fact and so he starts leading her through forgiveness he's like you gotta forgive him she's like I don't want to forgive him so he talked to her about for 10 minutes about how she had to forgive her bosses and her boyfriend um, although she wasn't going to be healed and so finally she walks through a prayer of forgiveness God forgive me for harboring anger against them that would be a good thing for some of us to do today maybe maybe you got some maladies going on in your world maybe they're emotional David said uh, search me and know me God see if there be any wicked way in me if you're holding on to unforgiveness today, unresolved anger, you, you might be able to draw a line from A to B between what's going on, what's going wrong in your world, and that. And so he leads her through the forgiveness prayer. And then he asks God to heal her. And he says in five seconds, her hand totally, him and the five people on his healing team just watch her hand just open up just like that. Just, he said, we cried and we rejoiced. God wanted to heal her. The way to the healing was through a word of knowledge. Because he had to get to the bottom of what was going on. Words of knowledge are, they're like, they're revival starters, man. John chapter 4, Jesus is at the well. Here comes the woman. Samaritan woman, she's walking there in the middle of the day by herself. Should be coming in the morning when all the other women come to get the water at the well. But she's coming in the hottest part of the day because she doesn't have any friends. Jesus says to her, where's your husband? She says, I don't have a husband. He goes, I know. Funny you say that. You've had five. And the guy that you're with right now, he's like your living boyfriend. She runs back to the village. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. It's a word of knowledge. The whole town comes out to the well. They invite Jesus to come. He spends a few days in, in the town. And at the end of it, they say, at first we believe because of the woman's testimony. Now we believe because you are the Son of God. An entire village got saved. Trace it back. One word of knowledge. God has given some of you that gift. Just to know things about people. Not to embarrass them. Not to shame them. But to help them. And when you get that kind of help from the Lord, that makes you want to do what the woman did. Come and meet a God who told me everything I ever did, who knew all there was to know about me, and yet who still loved me as his child. You've been listening to the C3 Los Angeles podcast. If you found today's message helpful, we encourage you to share it with a friend and consider rating it. If you'd like more information about our church or details on how to get connected to a neighborhood group, head to c3losangeles.com. We love you. Thanks for tuning in with us.